0: Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Today's guest is a speaker. He's an author. He's the founder and CEO of Compass Care, where he has actually saved hundreds of lives through his pro-life effort. Welcome to the show, Jim Harden. Yay!
1: There he is. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here with you, David and Stacey. Stacy. thank you.
2: Oh,
0: absolutely. Well, there's, there's, We're so there's, honored. There's
2: never been a more important time for the topics that that you're most versed on. But give give our listeners, is the first time they've 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 met you, a little bit of your background and exactly what Compass Care is.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I I am um, a an ordained minister, uh, but I also have uh, expertise in medical ethics. I've written a book on on specifically medical ethics and women's reproductive health um, and uh, w- we were able to begin the what's co- basically the a, a new philosophy of ministry in the pregnancy center movement called a linear service model where we uh, are able to engage the, t- the, the tools to keep pregnant centers on the cutting edge of reaching and serving women seriously considering abortion in a way that helps them have their babies most consistently so um, we've got we've helped over 650 pregnancy centers uh, with with materials and, and strategies to to do just that. And our, our, our base of operations is in New York State. And the, and the reason why is because New York State is the abortion capital of the U.S. And so as goes abortion in America, um, as goes New York, so goes abortion in America. And uh, so that's that's why we're here. It's kind of like a, a test bed.
2: There's been a big mm-hmm. shift, I think, so, so I'd say maybe in, in our lifetime, looking at, say, the 90s, you know, the trend of, people would stand outside of a clinic in a grim reaper outfit and yell guilt and shame kind of accusations of people coming in and out towards, I, I would say the, the, the pro-life movement. I'd say if, if, if anybody spent even a moment looking into it much more holistic care, you know, the, the 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 centers we work with here in Kansas City will work even like a year, two years after the birth of the child, mm-hmm. continuing teaching oh. classes and how to change a tire and balance a checkbook and life skills and you know really helping the family with with a lot of focus on the father.
1: Oh yeah, you know mm-hmm. these pregnancy centers are amazing. Pro life pregnancy or pregnancy centers are an outgrowth of the church. The people of God are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, and they are. Uh, reaching and serving women in their moment of crisis. When a woman faces an unplanned pregnancy, she says, I'm stuck, I'm trapped. I've got no other choice. I need to have an abortion. And and we're able to come alongside of her and empower her with the ability to say no to abortion because not a sane woman alive actually wants to have an abortion. She feels trapped, coerced. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to come alongside of her and give her all the ethical medical care and comprehensive community support throughout the pregnancy and beyond uh, to, uh, to give her a vision of her future after having had a child. To make the most difficult decision and have the baby. We're offering true choice. That's what pregnancy centers do all day long every day. Mm-hmm. And what, are, what do abortionists provide? Abortion. Yep. And for a fee. What do pregnancy centers provide? Everything. And for free. I, 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 there is no difference. I mean, it's. It, 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 I mean, there is no distinction, I mean, really, between a pregnancy pre- center and abortionists. Uh, the, it's they're night and day, and literally, darkness and light. Yeah. Yep.
0: So true. You know, when Roe v. Wade was overturned uh, here in the United States. It was interesting to watch social media and responses. And as people were celebrating and they would come on and they would put posts on, the comments below were interesting to watch. And there was a, a couple of questions I wanted to share with you today and see if you could shed some light on it. Because I know that these are still questions out there that people are really concerned about when Roe v. Wade got overturned. Would you be willing to do that?
2: I'd be happy to. Yeah, okay. no, Nothing Nothing adds fuel to a, uh, a a bad idea like social media. True. <laughs> No, no doubt about it.
0: No doubt about it. Okay. Here was the first one. Uh, obviously due to the overturn of Roe v. Wade is the termination of an endoscopic pregnancy illegal.
1: No. Um, so it's, it's, it's important for us to take a step back um, and say, it, define what abortion actually is. Okay. Uh, an abortion is the separation of a healthy mother from a healthy child for the purpose of destroying the life of the child. Um that is abortion. That has always been abortion. It's always been defined that way. And so, when when you're talking about using procedures, medical procedures, uh, there's medical procedures can be used for different for different reasons and, di- and different circumstances. Um, so, everything else outside of that definition is obstetrics, or gynecology. Okay. So, so what that means is, um, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to charge a, 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 a a doctor with committing an abortion if he's just serving a woman with a complication.
0: Okay. Interesting. Okay. So when you hear abortion and medical triage, what's the difference between the two?
1: Well, medical, medical triage is essentially a a diagnostic process. What is the woman's specific condition at this moment in time in her life related to pregnancy? Um, And so you've got treatment options that go into that so here's here's the here's the situation is the woman at risk is the child at risk it's the job of medical care and specifically the job of medical technology and doctors um, to make sure that that all patients are protected that there's no harm done to any of them and, the, and their job is to leverage all their knowledge and all their expertise and all the technology to protect both mother and child in every circumstance the original hippocratic oath the oath that doctors would take before they started practicing medicine independently mm-hmm and this was a do- an oath that doctors would take even as early, as late as 1973, uh, says in part, I will not give a woman an abortive remedy. Think about that for a second. I will not give a woman an abortive remedy. This is what doctors would say in an oath. And it, why would why would the Hippocratic Oath, you know, specifically highlight abortion? There's so many other things that could have highlighted. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and, and the reason why is because the purpose of medicine is to heal and maintain the health of the patient. And when a when a physician is, is serving a woman who's pregnant, he's serving two patients. And so abortion represents the opposite of the purpose of medicine, both for the mother and the child, and is the original quackery. Mm-hmm. So our job as, as medical professionals is to serve her and, and the patient. They're both equally valuable under God. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. The Bible says we're made in His image, and therefore uh, deserving of blessing and protection from the womb to the tomb, without partiality. We should not shed another person's blood. And uh, when we start to parse out who qualifies as a person and who does not qualify as a person, uh, that's the basis of, of of systemic injustice. Systemic injustice, and that's what we've seen with abortion, mm-hmm. and uh, and and what's what's happened in the medical community these last forty nine
0: years. So true. Okay, next one. Uh, this one was another one that we would see often. One of the things that we are hearing from people, and it's repeatedly over and over again, is in the case of a miscarriage, the fetus cannot be removed due to Roe v. Wade being overturned. Is that correct?
1: Uh, no, that's that's false. Um, again, if, you, if you've if got a miscarriage, meaning the, the child, the, the pregnancy does not naturally continue on its own, and the child dies in utero. Uh, then just because the, the, the procedures for extracting the child the, 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 the child who's passed away are the same as the procedures abortionists use to destroy live children doesn't mean that that's an abortion. It means that the, 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 the physician has a duty of care to ensure that the, the, the child who's passed away is removed from, from the woman so that sepsis doesn't set in. Um, that's, that's a duty of care. It's required uh, by physicians to protect the life of the mother. The life of the child, uh, doesn't exist anymore, right? So, um, now you can use these procedures, uh, in, in, in ways that will protect the life of the mother, but it's unethical to use any medical procedure, uh, to end the life of anyone. Uh, it's, it goes against the, the the purpose of medicine.
2: You know, something that, that plays a big role in these conversations is, we had a discussion with Dinesh D'Souza about this on a different topic, but the left tends to frame things really well in a narrative with a story with with high degrees of emotion that really kind of that kind of trump any amount of facts, mm-hmm. you know. And and some of these things really catch, like like Christians or conservatives. You only you know you only care about life inside the womb, but not after. Mm-hmm. And and I, I know factually when you talk about money donated, volunteerism, all of, all these factors, it. There is a movement towards womb to the tomb, mm-hmm. you know, but but the narratives are, are emotional and catch people. How can we do a better job in relationships and in conversations of combining factual truth, but also learning how to frame these stories better and uh, kind of deflate some of the emotion that's injected into the fringe arguments and narratives?
1: That's a great, great question, David. Um, you know, I, I think stories are powerful. We're, we're uh, storytelling beings. Uh, yeah. and when, 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 when stories are, are framed, um, in, specifically, from in terms of propaganda, they're trying to to like so say say the pro-abortion politicians are are taking advantage of or exploiting the, the situation of a, of a ten-year-old of a girl who was a victim of a sex crime sure. just recently. Mm-hmm. Um, that that tugs on your heartstrings. Well, that's yeah. very emotional. Well, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, but let's let's talk about this. Is is uh, this this girl um, experiencing the full force of the law protecting her? Um, is is medicine is, is is the is the medical profession protecting her? Is is are the appropriate um, questions being asked of of law enforcement or by law enforcement to the medical providers for uh, the abortionists? Um, let's just take a step back and think about what's going on in these stories. And and the other question is why why are they why are these stories actually coming up? It's, it sounds like an exception. I mean, how many ten year old girls do you know right. uh, that have have been raped and then conceived and then had to travel across state lines, who took her across these state lines? I mean, what are we saying that we should we should make uh, abortion legal for everyone because the, 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 there may be a, 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 an unfortunate situation with, with, a, with a sex crime? Um, we need to enforce the laws on the books and protect these girls from actually being victimized. Mm-hmm. And then we, we need to make sure that the abortion industry is not re-victimizing her by hiding uh, these crimes or protecting these criminals. And so those are the questions that need to be asked, um, you know. And I think the other thing that we can do, David, is to start to talk about these other positive stories. You know, women women have abortions because they feel stuck. Uh, when, when a woman faces unplanned pregnancy, she doesn't say, "Well, I can't wait to exercise my right to choose." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a choice for her. Uh, we 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 can talk about these stories. When we got firebound, there's a I love a story to tell. Can I tell a story? Sure, of course. We'd love it. We were, we were firebombed on on June seventh, and the intention was that we would shut down. We were given thirty eight an ultimatum by James Revenge. It was a domestic terrorist group. They still they, yep. no one's been arrested. Mm-hmm. And They firebombed us on June seventh, and they said, um, "You know, you need to shut down, or or, or else more things are going to happen. It's not going to be so easily cleaned up as firing graffiti." Our whole building was catastrophically damaged. We're in the process of rebuilding, but that day, we had to serve a patient. She was um, she had started the chemical abortion process, and she was. She was wrestling with this decision. She changed her mind in the middle of the night while our building was on fire. Oh, wow. And uh, of course, she didn't know any of this. Uh, but but then she called uh, and and she said, I, "I I changed my mind. Is there any way that I can reverse this this chemical abortion? I want I want to keep my baby. I want to save my baby." And we said, "Yes, you got to come to Rochester. We had to reroute her to Rochester our Rochester office." And she did. She came. She drove seventy miles. It was a hardship for her, but we were able to save the baby. We gave <laughs> her emergency progesterone therapy, and she was so grateful. And the nurse said, "You know, this is this is a these are our nurses." Our nurse said, "You know, you know what you." What 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 would be really helpful is if you had a relationship with the Lord, and she was able to tell her about the love of God and how Christ loves her and died for her, and 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 to you know to to uh, to experience wow. that, and she submitted her life to Christ right there. You know this is just too important. We have to do the hard work of mm-hmm. reaching and serving women mm-hmm. in need. That is the that isn't that the parable of the Good Samaritan? Isn't that what Jesus did for us? Isn't He yeah. our Good Samaritan, where He, you know, He stopped on this dangerous, Jericho road of life, and we're We're exposed to our sin and we're left to die. And he said, no, I'm going to give you everything that I have. I'm going to give you and give you your life back, but not so that you can use it for your own pleasures, but so that you can go and do likewise for the weak and the vulnerable that you
2: find on your on your pathway in
1: life.
0: Wow, that is so powerful. Jim, we'd love
2: to have you back. This is not yep. a story that's going away. It's no. going to be reframed, new mm-hmm. arguments, new things brought in. And what you bring is truth and clarity that sort of lifts the fog in the room, and people can kind of see clearly what the truth is and what, what the real problems are, what they're dealing yep. with. So we'd love to have you back and continue working with this Guys, compasscare.info. Also, if you just search Jim Harden, follow his work, interviews mm-hmm. on other platforms, other places, uh this is a voice that you need in your head when you're trying to formulate a discussion and be able to talk about these things intelligently. CompassCare.info. Jim Harden, thank you for joining us yes, on the Flavor Conservative so much. Podcast.
0: Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances?
2: If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill and you had one ounce of gold, you could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, wow. belt, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? It wouldn't. You couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you. Even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever.
0: And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs.
2: This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar.
0: For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.